Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and first and foremost, joining me on my left for tonight's very special episode of TCCP, your knower, your lover. It is, of course, her game two's Lancashire ambassador, Miss Paige Corns. So, Paige, long time no see. Believe it's been a while since we've reconvened here on the County Cricket Podcast. The last episode was the Royal London One Day Cup shows, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, how's your day been so far? It's been good, thank you. Yes, I was full of hope on our last podcast and then now everything's kind of come crushing down as we've ended the season. But uh, no, it's been, a, it's been a good one. Well, that's good to hear. I know, obviously, very disappointing end to the season for Lanx. We'll probably discuss it in a bit more detail in tonight's podcast, spoiler alerts, with regards to the content. But Obviously, finishing second best in the One Day Cup, second in the county championship as well, and second in the T20 Blast. Very consistent, the the Red Rose this season. But yeah, unfortunately, just the trophies have bridged too far in 2022. But glad to hear you're doing well, Paige. That's what we like to hear. And of course, listeners as well, as you'll probably be able to tell from either the title or the description, Paige isn't my only guest for tonight's episode of the County Cricket Podcast. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce. On debut here at TCCP, the Northern Diamonds, her game to ambassador and host of Women's Cricket Ramblings, Miss Ellie Indy. So Ellie, first things first, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast tonight, making your debut on what promises to be a very good show, I have to say. I'll ask you the exact same question. How's your day been so far? Yeah, fairly cool. Got up early to watch the World Cup and then had a little nap and now I'm here. <laughs> Sounds like a nice day. And talking of the World Cup, right? Again, for those who know me outside of the podcast, you know I absolutely love a certain African nation by the name of Namibia. Big, big fan of Gerhard Erasmus, Ruben Trumpman, JJ Smith, Benny Shikongo, and of course the rest of the boys. And they beat Sri Lanka today. So I'm in an absolutely outstanding mood. Well done, lads. I know a couple of them actually listen to the podcast. So big up to those boys. They know who they are. And yeah, just a fantastic way to start what's been a very, very interesting tournament. The T20 World Cup gets underway today. And in fact, before we get into the main episode, I suppose, and the main content, I'll ask you both this question. Are you confident that England can win? Um, I'm not, I'm not going to pin my hopes too much on it. There's just, um, maybe it's because I haven't felt there's been as big of a build-up to this one, because we've just had one. But... I'm just not in the. I'm just not on the Team England train. I, I just don't think it's. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to watch as much of it as I can. But uh, obviously, I hope they win. But it, I guess it depends on. I guess how, the form of all the teams, and we'll see what kind of injuries and things play into it and pitches. But um, it will be a good. I can imagine it being a good tournament. Um, and it started off as the banger. Of obviously Namibia beating Sri Lanka, and then we had a, another cracker with UAE versus the Netherlands that got really close in the end. So it's going to be just a fantastic tournament. Can't wait. It will indeed. It will indeed. I mean, I'm I'm honestly keeping everything crossed that England win it. In particular, after last year watching Australia lift it, when when before the tournament started, no one thought, myself included, that they would lift it. And then to to watch them beat both Pakistan and New Zealand, yeah, that was. A, a pretty rough watchers as a fan of both of those teams. But Ellie, what about yourself? Confident that the three Lions can get the job done? I know you like New Zealand, though. So 
Are you yeah, leaning a little uh, bit towards the black caps? I'm a little split because England don't have Johnny Bairstow and the black caps might not have Lucky Ferguson. So they're both missing two incredible players. So it, I don't have much hope for either of them, really. Seriously? <laughs> no, really. I'm shocked, to be honest. I expected more enthusiasm and optimism on the podcast. I really did. England have got Moeen Ali and Chris Wokes. Warwickshire's finest, the Brummie boys, they're going to get the job done. And uh, yeah, you heard it here first, folks. I think that England will lift the 2022 ICC T20 World Cup. Of course, I'll probably be proven wrong. My predictions here on the podcast usually don't do too well, apart from Kent lifting the one-day cup. But we shall have to wait and see. Only time will tell. But listeners, we aren't here to discuss the T20 World Cup tonight. Instead, we're here for a very special episode, actually, of TCCP. First and foremost, we're going to be having a bit of a season review, looking at both Lancashire and Yorkshire's performances across competitions in 2022. And then the main section of tonight's podcast will, of course, surround the Her Game 2 campaign. So to kickstart the show then, Paige, I'll start with you first, because I alluded to it in the intro. For Lancashire, it's been an interesting season. It really has. Second across competitions, We've seen the rise of young talents. We've seen some excellent overseas signings as well. The likes of Washington Sundar, Will Williams, really added a lot to the Red Rose in 2022. For you as a fan, what would you rate Lancashire's season out of 10? I think it's hard to be kind of on a high with how it ended because there's just that kind of disappointment that we couldn't clinch a trophy. We got so close each time and we were in the running um, kind of throughout all three competitions and then to kind of come out of it with no silverware is kind of it almost feels disappointing but then when you actually reflect on like how good you know the team of the teams have been across the competitions you know I'm incredibly proud of them you know and it's been as you kind of said it's not just been like maybe a couple of the older experienced players who are carrying us through it's it's been such a mixed bag you know, as you say, we've had great signings. I mean, Hassan Ali to start the uh, championship campaign was just phenomenal. And it was just brilliant going down to Old Trafford and seeing, you know, him so enthusiastic as well. I think that was the thing that certainly I took as a Lanx fan, that he just absolutely loved it. You know, it wasn't kind of just, oh, I'm just here for a paycheck, you know, kind of thing. It's just a quick stint. You know, you could see the passion from him and then... You know, obviously, as you said, well, Williams has been just fantastic. And now we've signed him as a domestic player because he's got, you know, with his passport. So, you know, we've kind of opened another space for an overseas. Washington Sundar was brilliant. It was just such a shame he got that shoulder injury. And then we also had Tim David, which I think you kind of forget about, who started off the blast for us really well. It kind of teetered off towards the end of his stay. But still, I think... We've had such a phenomenal year with signings, you know, so um, all credit goes to the people at Old Trafford who kind of sort of arranged all of those because it's really paid off for us this year. And Young Talents has been amazing. I mean, just the one that kind of comes to mind is George Balderson, especially after the Essex game with his career best figures um, in that crazy game at Chelmsford. <laughs> but... Um, it has just been such a full package from the Lanx team this year and seeing players really make a name for themselves for the club, you know, mainly Phil Salt and Luke Wells, as they both came from kind of Sussex. 
and yes we kind of knew Phil Salt's name kind of prior but certainly for me this is the first time I've really seen Luke Wells and hearing his name kind of constantly being talked about obviously yes it's because he's from my county now but you know he's scoring buckets of runs he's taking wickets he's just been such a, a, a class signing for us and I'm glad that he's you know he's now been handed his cap so officially a proper Lanks player so yeah it's been kind of disappointing season that we've not kind of got a trophy out of it but I'm immensely proud that of how well they've done it especially considering all the different types of situations that they've been in and clawed themselves out of. Well I think that's quite a, a fair assessment to be honest, Paige, didn't quite get the, the ranking, though, did I, out of 10? What would you give oh, it out sorry. of 10? I'll go, for, I'll go for a 9, just because it's not a 10, because we didn't get a trophy, but I am just, I think, because it's across formats as well. It's not kind of like we've had one tournament that we've kind of pinned everything on and we've run away with that. It has been across formats and across disciplines as well, so you're batting and bowling, and all ages... You've got the likes of Stephen Croft scoring runs for fun, but as well as some of the younger lads coming through. I knew you'd get that Crofty reference in there somewhere, Paige. Every single episode. Listeners, I want you to pull Paige up on this. She always pulls me up on my Warwickshire references. Every single episode, without fail, Stephen Croft, who, by the way, is an absolute top bloke. I will say that. Excellent guest on the podcast. But every single time, Paige, he's got a brilliant PR campaign. He really has, from yours truly. Goodness me, crops up every single episode. <laughs> yeah, in terms of, of that ranking, 9 out of 10 then. I think that's fair. Obviously, very disappointing from a Lancashire perspective to get so close and yet so far across competitions. I think finishing second in the championship with a points deduction was incredibly impressive. Then, of course, the one-day cup list day final. It was Darren Stevens' final ever appearance in that game at Trent Bridge. It was difficult. The catching and the fielding should have been a lot better from the Red Rose. But apart from that, the rest of the tournament was sensational. And then the T20 blast. Paige, if you could just take us through that final. What were you feeling on that day? I don't think we've discussed this on the podcast before. A mixture of just nausea and just craziness. Like, I just could not think. It was... I kind of hate, I love and hate finals day because it's just the nerves that just build up all day because so much is like kind of pinned on it. And then, you know, if if in your first game you lose, it's like a long day of kind of watching kind of your team not get to the final. But it was just, it wasn't pleasant, you know, kind of afterwards, you know, when it all kind of kicked off and then there was, I mean, Lance lost the game way before the the final over um, in that final. But um, just then the chaos that ensued with that final ball and all the run-outs and what should have been and what couldn't have been and people arguing. And it's just, I've said it a million times now, disappointing that we didn't win it. Um, and we didn't even get the mascot race. Lanky got caught in the nets. So we can't even take that trophy. Um, that's the, probably the bigger one for final day, to be quite honest. So, um, so, but again, you know, we did all right, but just didn't get all the way in the end. It's just the story of our season, isn't it? Unfortunately, yes. But as I said, it's it's been a promising season for Lanks. They've gone in the right direction, and it's good as well to see that that young talent emerge. And the overseas signings, as you rightfully said, I think made a very big impact. So. Yes, disappointing on a trophy front, but in terms of the steps being made in the right direction, 
definitely a promising season up in the northwest of Lancashire County Cricket Club. And Ellie, I suppose I have to ask you the exact same question, right? Paige has given a 9 out of 10 for Lancashire's season. Unfortunately for Yorkshire, 2022, obviously a lot more difficult. So we have to address the relegation from Division 1, first and foremost, at the hands of a certain uh, Liam Norwell. Obviously, that, that final day was just crazy, wasn't it, Ellie? And actually, before we get into the season ranking... What are you feeling on that day in terms of both the Gloucestershire-Yorkshire game and then, of course, that mental final day at Edgbaston? What are the emotions um, and, and feelings like? Yeah, so I was actually in Headingley um, for that final day and I stood out the gates and I'm like, do I go in and watch Yorkshire, save themselves from relegation or do I stop myself from coming out of there, bawling my eyes out because I know we're going to lose? Um, I decided not to go. I think that was probably best for my mental health. Um, and then the day after, Liam Norwell happened. So just fervid what I knew was coming. Uh, and yeah, it was so painful. <laughs> See, unfortunately for the for the audio listeners out there, you won't have just seen that. But uh, yes, a picture of Liam Norwell did just pop up on the screen with those <laughs> meme sunglasses. Had to be done, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry, Ellie. But it, it was an insane end to the summer. Warwickshire pulling off the great escape. Unfortunately, as a result of that, though, Yorkshire, unfortunately, making the drop down to Division 2 for the first time in a decade. Then, of course, in the one-day cup, not much progress, unfortunately, for the White Rose. But I suppose the positive from this season, on the field at least, would have been that T20 blast campaign. And Ellie, I want to know your thoughts about that. Obviously, Yorkshire finished fifth in the table, got promoted up to fourth place as a result of, of Leicestershire's points deduction as a result of disciplinary issues. But in terms of that, that quarterfinal against Surrey at the Oval, Jordan Thompson, a, a few words on that. What did you make of that performance? And of course, the way that Yorkshire got to finals day in the first place. Yeah, so I'd gone to most of Yorkshire's home games, the ones I went to, we lost. So I wasn't very hopeful for our T20 campaign, but then we kept winning games that I wasn't there. So maybe I was just this bad luck charm for them. But we were fairly good. Um, Adam Live doing Adam Live things. Um, and then the Surrey quarterfinal, I didn't think we were going to do it. It didn't look like it was our game. Bit of where we're bowling going on. And then in comes Jordan Thompson, then final few overs. And all of a sudden, we are fifth, um, awaiting the Leicester decision and going into the quarterfinals, which felt, it didn't feel real. Honestly, I mean, it just felt like someone had made that up because no way was that supposed to happen. Well, it wasn't. It was unbelievable, really, wasn't it? And that, that, that conclusion at the Oval, I know we mentioned it on the T20 show here on the podcast, but how on earth did he pull that off? Genuinely, I'm just sat here months later. How on earth did Jordan Thompson pull that off against Sun on the Rhine and that Surrey middle order? It was insane, wasn't it? Yeah, I just think that's what he does. I think he shows that when we need him the most. Um, we've seen it a bit in the county. Um, and definitely in the T20 in this quarterfinal. It's just what he does. He seems to thrive under this pressure. He does indeed. I've got a lot of time for Jordan Thompson. Excellent cricketer across formats and definitely someone to watch out for heading into the future. That guy has got a very, very high ceiling indeed. But as a result of that victory at the Oval, of course, Yorkshire making finals day. Now, we'll try not to get too confrontational on the podcast, as I believe that this was a Roses match semi-final. I should know. I was there at Edgebaston. And <laughs> actually, just quickly, a quick shout out to Phil and Steve 
They know who they are. Pair of Lancashire fans sat by them on finals day. Brilliant, brilliant pair of lads. So shout out to Phil and Steve. Made finals day that bit more better for me as a neutral Warwickshire fan. But in terms of that semi-final performance, Ellie, it was disappointing, wasn't it? Particularly considering the fact that Yorkshire had so many runs on the board. Yeah. So I was actually in commentary in Derby that day. So I had to like my phone on the monitor, keeping up with the scorecard as I'm trying to watch another game and try and comment on that. And, you know, there'd be moments where I'm off there and I'm like, ooh, what's going on here? Ooh, ooh. Um, and then I'm thinking, that's a good score. I'm not watching live. You can't really get much of a feel off the scorecard, but I'm thinking, you know, that's a good score. I go off for a bit of lunch, I come back, and then Lancashire decide that they're just going to smack it out the park and make me cry on commentary, uh, which was great. Oh, goodness me, unlucky Ellie. I'm sorry yeah. to bring that up. <laughs> I say that, and then on the other side of the screen, Paige is just there grinning like a Cheshire cat. And unsurprisingly so, it was quite the performance on finals day, wasn't it, from the Red Rose of Lancashire? But, Ellie, again, that final question, I suppose, given all of those factors that come into consideration, given the performances on field for Yorkshire, what would you rate them out of 10 in 2022? Be as honest as you like. Um, it's difficult to say because like Paige says it's been different across all campaigns like the T20 Blast that was the strongest point then you've got the One Day Cup that was all right and then obviously we got relegated in the county championship so it's really hard to sort of put it all together and be like this is how well Yorkshire did because it just varied across all competitions I'm just gonna say five because of how good and also how bad it was at times um, and I just think yeah that, that's sort of middle ground I'll go to. Fair enough. I mean, I, I have had these conversations with quite a few Yorkshire fans already. Let's just say none of them exceeded four. Oh, I do know some very, very harsh Yorkshire fans indeed. And obviously, I mean, if, if you've got the most county championships in the history of county cricket, that is going to be the pride, isn't it? That's going to be the pinnacle of your cricket club. And if you're getting relegated to Division Two, first time since 2012, it is a really bitter pill to swallow. But... At the same time, given the brand new signings, the likes of Sharma Sood, Ben Mike, Matt Milnes is coming in as well. Ellie, you confidence, of course, considering in this hypothetical scenario that Yorkshire don't get hit with a massive points deduction as a result of the Azim Rafiq hearings. If they don't get hit with a points deduction, do you think they can come straight back up, given the strength and depth in that squad? I think so. Um, you mentioned Sharma Sood. He's been great in the... County Championship, wasn't he Derbyshire's highest run scorer or was that Wayne Madsen? It was Madsen in the end. Yeah. But he was the first to reach a thousand. Yeah, first to reach a thousand. He was brilliant and then obviously got taken away towards the end of that um, for Pakistan, I think. Uh, but he, I mean, watching him in that County Championship definitely boosted my confidence in the fact that he's got that experience in Division 2 as well and he's going to be the captain. It's, it does make you feel a bit better about that. So there is some confidence coming in from Shamashud. If we weren't hit with the points deduction, I think we would be all right. You know, I would say top table, um, but we just seem to be surviving on draws. And whether that's going to change in Division 2, I don't know. I think that's probably why we're going to end up in sort of top to mid-table region again. I would agree with that assessment, to be honest with the Yorkshire. I do think they've got the strength in depth to come straight back up. But unfortunately, we can't just talk about Yorkshire on just a, a cricketing capacity, can we? Because we do have to address the elephant in the room, which is, of course, 
those hearings, I believe they're taking place this week. I think the first hearings are on Monday, and then the report gets published in late November or December, I believe it is. Ellie, for you as a Yorkshire fan, I'd like to know your opinions really on this. Do you feel a lot of uncertainty about the future? Because obviously, from a playing perspective, it's all well and good, you know, promotion, relegation, obviously trying to win trophies. But in terms of the long-term future of Yorkshire, if they do get hit with a load of sanctions, just like Durham did in 2016, are you as a Yorkshire fan worried about the future of the White Rose? In a way, I'm going to be a bit hopeful because hopefully from these hearings, you know, Yorkshire are going to change their approach because this should be a lesson to them. You know, this is not something that should be happening at such a professional level of cricket. And it shouldn't be happening at any level of cricket. But more specifically professional, you'd think, you know, what, these are the highest level, they should not be happening. So I'm kind of hopeful for the outcomes. I don't want to see any instances of racism at any club, at any level. And I'm hoping that this won't happen again at Yorkshire. And these hearings, these findings and the sanctions might change Yorkshire for the good. But obviously the sanctions within themselves, how they hit Yorkshire, how they impact Yorkshire... And what's going to happen to Yorkshire after that? It is a bit worrying. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to be banned? Um, it, it will be deserved because, again, this shouldn't happen and it, it can't go without punishment. But it, it's worrying to think about what happened. It is. And that's why I wanted to know your thoughts, really. Because, as I said, I've had these conversations with Yorkshire fans. And even though the season's finished, in a way it kind of hasn't because there's so much uncertainty Heading into the future, of course, on paper, that squad is full of talent. But given the cloud that is hanging over Headingley at the moment, it has been hanging around it all season long. I do just worry a bit about the future. And I do wonder if that will impact the players yet again heading into 2023. Only time will tell. And of course, we will be here to keep you posted with the updates of those hearings and the report. In terms of those sanctions, I have been asked about these. I unfortunately don't have the answers. I'm not part of the ECB's Cricket Disciplinary Committee. I just host a podcast and ramble about Warwickshire all day long. But in terms of those sanctions, I I mentioned the Durham ones in 2016. Said them so many times on the podcast, they brought the hammer down on Durham with absolute and complete and utter ferocity. They hit them with a, a salary cap. They hit them with points deductions across all three formats. They pretty much made them get rid of the likes of Scott Borthwick and Mark Stoneman as a result of those salary limitations. They took away international cricket from the Riverside and, yeah, Durham haven't recovered since. So it's up to the CDC. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, I think what, Ellie, you said right there, the important thing isn't necessarily the, the sanctions and the punishments. It's the lessons learned, isn't it? We cannot replicate this in county cricket or indeed on a societal level ever again. It's not good enough. Yes, Yorkshire are being made an example of, but this is a wake-up call for county cricket, and it's something that has to be addressed. It's something that we have to work on and something that we have to build on heading into the future as a cricket collective. And talking of that cricket collective, that brings me beautifully onto our main segments of tonight's podcast, Performances Aside and War of the Roses. We didn't really have much Roses rivalry there. I must say, Paige and Ellie, I'm a little bit disappointed, actually. I thought we were going to have a bit more rivalry than that, a bit, a more, bit, more, a bit more feistiness from a pair of northern lasses, eh? 
Well, there's still time in the podcast. We'll have to wait and see if anything does spring up. But of course, our, our main segment for tonight is the Her Game 2 campaign. And to be honest, I'm going to let you two take the lion's share of this section of the podcast because you two are actively involved in the campaign. And Paige, I'll start with you first and foremost. For those who don't know what Her Game 2 is, can you give us a little bit of a, a rundown, a summary as to what Her Game 2 actually do and what they are as an organisation? Of course, yes. So Her Game 2 is a campaign that was um, started in football and is now kind of making its way into other sports, obviously with cricket, and then we've I've started with rugby as well. And it's a campaign to kind of raise awareness and kind of combat sexism within sport by saying that the sport in question is Her Game 2. Um, and is also trying to empower women and girls um, across, like, um, capacities to get involved in sport in some way whether that be playing spectating officiating or just kind of working within the, the world that surrounds sports whether that's journalism or kind of the more external side of it or the more internal work, which is working with a club um, and it's just trying to kind of highlight the issues that um, and barriers that women and girls face and trying to get into that um, sport in the first place and opening them up and just saying that this is a problem and you know we're gonna, gonna hold people to account when we um, are made aware of it and um, just to make sport and then obviously in particular we're going to talk about her game to cricket but cricket a, a more welcoming environment for women and girls and um, hopefully seeing more people get into the sport because of it because as we all know cricket is just a beautiful game you know and we absolutely adore it once you're in it but it can be a difficult thing to get into especially when there's more barriers in place and so it's just trying to kind of broaden the audience a little bit yeah in terms of of the actual campaign itself you mentioned about breaking down those barriers and we'll discuss that in a bit more detail in due course in terms of the exact initiatives the programs and the aims of the organization but before we get into that, how did you first get involved with Her Game 2? What was the process and what made you actually join them in the first place? You know, for me, I had kind of vaguely heard about it on the football side because, as I say, it, it started um, with football where kind of just 12 passionate kind of female fans kind of, you know, were talking and getting together and kind of realising some of the issues that they faced with supporting football teams and being involved in um, the world of football that they face because of being female and then they kind of launched a campaign video which kind of had um, pieces of paper that had comments written on them from what they'd heard from people so you've got your kind of your very usual go back to the kitchen or do you even know what the offside rule is kind of comments and they kind of put this video out of that and then that's where it gained traction on the football side of it. You know, it got a million views that, you know, really quickly. Um, and then they grew a campaign from that. And I'd heard about that, but I'm not someone who's into football. So it wasn't something that I was involved in. I just kind of vaguely heard about it on the news and on and online. And then I saw that um, it kind of cropped up onto my kind of timeline uh, that they started a cricket side of it and I was like oh you know what's this you know I'm a little nosy at this now it's kind of in my domain of cricket and um you know I'm someone who kind of the, the whole 
kind of idea around women in sport and supporting more of the women's game and making a nicer place for women who, you know, support a sport is something that, you know, I I've kind of care about because I am a woman who enjoys the sport and I've had difficulties myself, whether it is when I was younger playing or whether it's just being a fan, you know, getting abuse online purely because of something is, I guess, simple in that way is my gender. Um, so obviously it was always kind of a cause that was important to me, but I never attached myself to a campaign about it. But then, as I said, this kind of cropped up on my timeline and they were looking for ambassadors. And I was a bit hesitant at first, thinking I might not be the right fit for it because I'm a bit of a rowdy Lancashire fan on Twitter at times. So Are you? But, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able my, to tell. My opinions get shared. But, um, and I kind of actually... It was when they started announcing some of the ambassadors. I kind of got a bit of FOMO, if I'm being completely honest. I kind of saw some of the people kind of who, who they were posting. I'm like, I know them on, you know, from Cricket Twitter. And I'm like, right, I'll um, message them. Because as I say, it's something I cared about. It was just, a, you always overthink. And you're like, oh, maybe they won't, maybe I won't get it. But I just, I, I reached out to the Twitter page for it and was like, you know, um, I just want to see if you've got a Lancashire ambassador um and if you haven't i'd love to give it a go and um the lead team got back to me um we scheduled a call and a really good chat discussed the campaign discussed you know myself my kind of background with cricket and that's how i got involved it became an ambassador for lancashire and that kind of covers everywhere that that county covers. So it's not purely just Lancashire, it's also like Cumbria and it encompasses kind of the female side of it with Thunder and all of the kind of area around that. Um, And then as times kind of progressed within the campaign, just moved up a a little level and joining the lead team for her game two cricket, which is, you know, is kind of a a privilege because it's really nice to know that I'm doing something good and hopefully, if one girl gets something out of it, then that's my job kind of done. You know, I can be proud of that. But it's, it is a fantastic campaign to be a part of. And I'm proud to say that I am. But that's kind of been my journey. And I think that's quite similar for a few of us. Well, that is wonderful to hear, Paige. And we will touch upon that journey in more detail as well. I'm, I'm interested to know in terms of your cricket background, actually. It's something we haven't discussed on the podcast, even though we've had quite a few shows. But before we do, and we we touch upon your experiences in the game and that progression, Ellie, I have to ask you the exact same question. How did you first get involved with regards to that campaign? Were you also like like Paige in that regard, in terms of you saw the video, you saw the, the football side, or did you have a slightly different path into her game too? Yeah, fairly similar to Paige. I'd heard about the football side and I'm not a massive football fan. That wasn't something that interested me. And then, you know, like Paige again, I saw people that I knew getting involved and it did look like something that for me as someone who is quite passionate about women's cricket and women being in cricket in any capacity, really, um, it sounded like something that I wanted to help out in because, you know, it affects me. It's like people like me being in cricket, feeling safe in cricket, which not all the time is something that I feel. So I applied. I was a bit nervous because I knew that there was another Yorkshire ambassador. Um, so little old me, overthinking, oh, um, probably, they're probably going to reject me. They don't want me. They don't want to hear any of my business. Um, but they were like, 
really cool with it. You know, you can share the role um, between both teams, Yorkshire and Northern Diamond. Um, and since then, yeah, I've just joined the team. Um, and since joining the team, me and Rhea have obviously worked with quite a few teams in the Yorkshire area. So West Yorkshire, North, South, East Riding Yorkshire, all around to really get grassroots because it's not just professional clubs like Yorkshire, Lancashire. It is the grassroots because the way to get misogyny and sexism out of sports is to stop it before it enters. And then we can work up to these professional groups to get it out at that level. So we've obviously worked with clubs in and around the area. We're both best in Leeds. So we've sort of working small and growing out at the moment. And that's sort of how we've gotten into it, how I've definitely gotten into it. And since then, I've obviously gone on into the rugby side and that's where I've become ambassador and lead team there too. Um, so I've become fairly heavily involved with the Her Game 2 campaign on both aspects since I think just three months it, because it, it feels so long ago since we actually started the Her Game 2 cricket campaign, but it, it's just July, I think, June, July, um, and we've done so much, but you just wouldn't think that because it, it it's just such a short amount of time. It is. In fact, you're spot on, aren't you? It's only been a few months, and yet you look at the, the partnerships. You've got Gloucestershire, Western Storm, that's one of the partnerships. Somerset also hopped on, and then, of course, the Lancashire partnership, which we've discussed with the Thunder, the Lightning, and the Foundation involved in that as well, aren't they, Paige, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, they are, to help with the grassroots side of things. Yeah, I, I thought so, because that is important. Of course it is, grassroots it's where the, the vast majority of us play our cricket, isn't it? Because unfortunately, yeah, people like myself, maybe, maybe you two might make it professional one day. I'm certainly not going to, though. I think I'll be stuck in the Warwickshire League for a very, very long time to come. And, and talking of that pathway into the game then, Ellie, how did you first get into cricket? I'd be interested to know this. How, how did cricket first capture your imagination? Yeah, so I think it's quite like a lot of people. You either have been stuck with it since you were born or you've watched the 19 World Cup and that was it for me. Um, came downstairs one morning, everybody's shouting and I'm like, can you please be quiet? I don't care for cricket. It's really boring. It's England. Just shush because why the hell would you be screaming over cricket? I sat down, watched a few overs. I'm like, okay, I sort of get what's going on. Um, it's still a bit boring, but I get it. Uh, and then kept on watching and then we got into the final and I'm one of those people where if England's going to do well and it's in a final and we win then I sort of feel like I have to follow the sport a bit like I did it with the Euros, the women's Euros we won that and I was like oh I, I might as well follow them for a bit there as well um, so yeah ever since that 19 World Cup so I've followed it from there um, watched the Ashes series which we drew at home yeah, um, yeah and then Obviously, I've, I've gotten quite into women's cricket and that was from the India test because um, we were still, I think, pandemic at that point. So I was sort of stuck at home doing nothing. There's a test on, I watch it and I got into women's cricket that way. So my cricket in story for me has been fairly recent um, in the fact that it's it's not been something that I've been brought up with, um, but it's something that I've sort of learned to love and I've come to love so well. Like from the sports that I've watched since I was little, like, Cricket is my number one, and it's it's been like that for the past three, two years now. So yeah, um, not had it since I was growing up, but it's something that has come round to me, and I've absolutely adored it, and I do to this day. Oh, that's class! I think that might actually be the first time on the podcast that we've had someone mention the 2019 World Cup as a catalyst. 
because usually it is the 2005 Ashes, 2009 Ashes. I think we've had a couple of the 2011 World Cup, which is a little bit rogue, but hey, each of their own, even though England didn't do too brilliantly in that tournament. That's really nice to hear, Ellie. And that's brilliant to hear, obviously, for a fan of English cricket, because that shows that that tournament did play its part in developing that next generation of English cricket fans. And Paige, what about yourself? I think you've had a, a slightly longer journey in the game of cricket, so I wonder if the name Stephen Croft is going to appear at some point <laughs> in this passage. But how did you first get into the game of crickets? Yeah, mine's kind of completely different in that I have very much grown up with it. Um, my dad, um, we're practically best friends with that, you know, proper daddy-daughter kind of combo. He um, played club cricket. He also coached cricket. So when I was younger, it was a case of that I would travel around watching him play um, and I'd get so excited to go for my little picnic and watch dad bat and um, be told to stay away from him when he gets out and goes back to the changing room because he's not happy. Um, but... And so after that, you know, when he was coaching, he would drag me along to junior coaching on a Friday night um, at Blackpool. And obviously at the start, it was just for fun. It was just, oh, it's Friday night, hanging out with my mates. We get to throw a ball around, run around. You know, it was all good. Um, so cricket's kind of always been there from that side. Um, and I didn't really properly start watching cricket till I think the catalyst for me watching, certainly international cricket, I've kind of always followed Lancashire vaguely because of Stephen Croft and kind of us watching you know going down to Old Trafford to see him play but that was just me kind of being a like an eight-year-old with a notepad writing down the scores thinking that was what scoring was um, and I remember distinctly remember sitting in the cricket club and the 2010 it was a Pakistan test series um, and I was watching and there was just someone on screen. And I was like, oh, who's that? And they got um, 169, which so you might <laughs> know who that was. Well, I know exactly who that is. Go on, Paige. Tell them because otherwise I'm going to get accused of bias. Yes, yeah, so Stuart Broad. <laughs> I, I saw that and that is what got me in watching international cricket and then just kind of watched tests from then on. Summer was very much sitting in the front room. It's nice and sunny outside, but I was glued to the TV watching Ian Bell, but he was definitely a favourite then and a nice Warwickshire mention for the for the fan on here. I know, and it wasn't from me. That, that's quite refreshing. <laughs> um, don't worry, I'm sure you'll have your opportunities. <laughs> oh, 100% Paige. I definitely will, but that is, that's a lovely journey into the game. And I'm glad you mentioned that not from Stuart Broad because that is iconic, to be brutally honest. Uh, the Nighthawk, as he's now known, for the England and Wales men's cricket team. But two very different journeys. And yet here we are, sat on the County Cricket Podcast, discussing the wonderful game of cricket. It's, it's very interesting and it's funny how life works out, isn't it? The fact that people of different backgrounds, different journeys, I suppose, can all come together to discuss this wonderful game of ours. And talking of the game, and in particular her game too, as a campaign, as a movement, as an organisation. Ellie, I'll start with you first and foremost for this next question. What does the campaign mean to you? In terms of, of how important it is for you as a female cricket fan, how big of a thing is her game too? And what does this movement mean to you as a cricket fan? 
yeah it, it's massive because it, it sort of represents me like a female cricket fan who doesn't necessarily feel safe all the time at cricket grounds you know you get the occasional comment and it's it doesn't make you feel very welcome it doesn't make you feel very comfortable and it, it doesn't ruin your experience entirely in some cases but it, it just makes you not want to go back in some cases you know things like that and so we don't want that to happen and that's why her game to exist we want to stamp out these comments that make girls feel afraid to go watch games you know we want to stop people from feeling like they can't go and watch um their favorite football team or their favorite rugby team or cricket team because um they're going to get abused because of the gender and things like that and it you know that's why her game too is massive because we want to get women and girls going to games and it's women and girls like me um and that's why i relate to the campaign so much because i've gone through things and i've experienced things at matches that i don't particularly appreciate um and I would go and report that to something like Her Game 2 because I know that Her Game 2 are going to make a change and that they're going to make me feel heard and welcome and respected. And we are pushing for that within all clubs. Like I said earlier, you know, grassroots and professional level, it happens at every level. You know, abuse doesn't stop just because it's Yorkshire, it, you know. It happens everywhere and her game too is so important in stopping that happening and making people feel welcome and that it's an insane environment. Well, it, it's sad to hear that, to be honest, Ellie. First and foremost, the fact that you have felt like that in the past, it's shocking, to be honest. And this might be difficult and, and please feel free to answer this in as much detail or little as possible. But in terms of those bad experiences, have you got any examples? Is there anything that you can actually tell us because some people do seem to just dismiss it don't they and go oh, you know it's not actually that serious could you tell us any examples or any experiences that you've had in the past at games of cricket yeah I definitely think I've, I've done that before where someone's done something and I've just sort of ignored it because it's not a big thing but I mean it's just the general comments as you're walking by you know I can't think of one in particular um but you know someone says something to you and you're like well oh, that's a bit weird um but you just brush it off because you know why would you take it seriously sort of thing um but yeah it, it it's really just something that shouldn't be normalized you know I, i've gone to games and it's happened and it's like well should that be happening well it doesn't matter i'll just forget about it because it won't happen next time you know it is very easy to shrug these things off but not take them seriously and actually you know they, they are something that shouldn't be happening you know when people are saying things um you know to you as you're walking by just to get a drink or you're off to the toilet mid-innings or something you know that shouldn't be happening um and it does and it, I think it's just very easy to shrug off because you know it, it's a one-time thing that happens from one person and you walk on the rest of your life um but actually you know it, it's not like this needs reporting that this behavior is not normal and people shouldn't be doing this they shouldn't since that is exactly why the her game 2 campaign exists isn't it it is for incidents like that. And Paige, again, I'll ask you the exact same question. Feel free to answer that however you feel comfortable, I suppose. But in terms of, of your experiences in cricket from a negative perspective, I suppose, have you had any like real bad ones in the past in terms of language, in terms of actual events? Has anything like that actually happened to you in the past? Um, yeah, I mean, there's 
I think it's it's not just kind of verbal comments that are said to you. There is kind of a kind of whole host of experiences that you can have, um, whether that be um, it kind of a playing level as well, because this is just kind of we want to get women and girls into cricket and playing it and officiating it as well as spectating it, which is kind of our main experience of the game. But, you know, not feeling like you can play when you're younger because there isn't a girls' team, for example, or you're being lumbered with the boys' team. I remember when I was... I've only ever played junior cricket and we didn't have a girls' team, so I had to be put with the boys and then it was all, oh, it's a girl, you can't play, that kind of attitude. and. The only way to try and combat my gender was to put me in a, a younger age bracket. So when I was 12, I was playing with the under 11s, even though I was over the age, because that was their way of kind of um, accommodating the fact that I was a girl because I didn't have a girls team, for example. Um, whereas, that you know, we should kind of be trying to promote. And one of the huge things that Her Game 2 does is trying to promote kind of giving women and girls that space to be able to play if you want to and not have to feel encumbered and be kind of, you know, put on the boys' team. And then you're at a disadvantage because of that. Um, so there was that kind of issue that I've personally had, you know, kind of coming through the ranks, you know, as a junior. But um, in, in terms of spectating, I've had a few... I've had a lot online. I think people kind of forget that when we when we're kind of campaigning and when we're partnering with clubs we're not just seeing at that specific ground so if we were to partner with a club it's not just at that um specific location physically you know with Lancashire it's not just at Old Trafford or at our outgrounds it's not just at Taunton for Somerset or their outgrounds that kind of thing it's also the online space and the events that people have around that club it's not just cricket matches. Um, and I've personally experienced a lot online being just called horrible names, some that I can't say on here. Um, it's, you know, and it's just, and all it is is because of your gender. It's got nothing to do with the, what you're actually talking about in terms of the cricket. Like you could be putting out an opinion. Whether your opinion is completely out of this world or whether it's a grounded opinion, um, it, it's your gender that gets taken apart, not your actual comment. Um, and you're made to feel less than a male cricket fan in this case. Um, just, you know, just because of that. Whereas it doesn't matter how much experience you've got in cricket. You know, if you love the game, you love the game. And it, that also shouldn't kind of be affected because of your gender. And then in terms of physically at, at grounds, um, you know, there's obviously you get you hear comments and you get people who will it's just little things like they'll put their hands on you to kind of move past you but it won't be just a accidental touch it will be in specific places to try and, you know like your lower back for example which is not kind of comfortable when you've just got a random old man just doing that to you when you just stood there waiting for a drink that kind of thing um and I've been followed around grounds by some fans because they've seen me before and they think they can follow me around. 
um, that kind of thing. And we're just trying to say that that isn't kind of acceptable. And at the time, you know, I'm not going to lie, like that kind of instance of literally being kind of stalked around the ground, I thought was funny. It was like, oh, I've got... But on reflection, no, it's not. Because I was in danger then. If that person wasn't a nice person, you know, that could have been a dangerous situation. And that doesn't matter at a cricket ground or at a football ground or rugby ground or just out in the streets. You know, it, it, that applies everywhere. Um, and, you know, so hopefully, you know, I, I care a lot about this coming because I don't want anyone else to go through that. And we should feel welcome in places I've been in pavilions and because of the usual demographic that kind of cricket has you know you tend to get a lot of older men and that's not an insult to the game or to them you know it just is the way kind of things can you know certain days are um and when you're the you're a young girl in there especially if you're like a 14 year old it can be very intimidating even though they might not be saying anything to you directly if you can't see someone like you, regardless of what the thing is, you know, you feel a bit lost in there and that all eyes are on you and you get looked at differently because you, you you don't fit in. So that can be, you know, a kind of a source of discomfort for female fans and players and officiate, um, officials in the game. So that's why this kind of campaign matters so much because it's saying that those things aren't right. Let's kind of make it more welcoming across areas um, for all women and girls so they don't experience experience the same things. Well, first and foremost, thank you to the pair of you for, for sharing those. Obviously not nice to hear at all as a fan of cricket, but this is why we're here tonight to discuss this, have these difficult conversations and, of course, discuss the ways that you know we move forward in the game via campaigns such as her game too and in terms of the future i suppose to bring us to a conclusion for today's episode of the podcast what are the future aims the programs the initiatives that we should be aware of that are going on at her game too ellie is there anything that we should be you know keeping our eyes out on keeping tabs on heading into next few months possibly year or so yeah so obviously there's going to be quite lot more partnerships because we want to ensure that we're getting as much coverage as we can at as many grounds as we can because that's really how we're going to stomp it out and hopefully we get more sectors added onto her game too so it's not just going to be cricket rugby and football but we might see netball horse riding don't know why they were the only sports that came to mind that but yeah um, yeah um but you know we want to expand um we're going to have quite a lot more ambassadors um, as that happens. You know, teams are going to get bigger. There's going to be more people for anyone who experiences sexism to come to because there's going to be such a large amount of, you know, we do want to replicate the success of what we've got in the football. If you look at that, I mean, one team has got like six, seven people around it. And that's brilliant because that's more people that people who've experienced something at games or online or anywhere can go to you know we want to create that for cricket anything else for the future i mean i think that's it really just getting as far as we can and trying to make and trying to make more women and girls feel safe in getting into the sport writing about the sport you know as a journalist you know refereeing the sport anything like that well that's good to hear ellie it really is and obviously 
us here at the Gamut Cricket Podcast wishing her game two all the very best of luck heading into the next few months and of course the years beyond. It is a wonderful campaign. It's good to have seen how quickly it's grown in the game of cricket and of course we'll probably reconvene at some point as well to discuss those future plans. Fingers crossed one of them does involve my county of Warwickshire. I think we're yet to partner as of this recording but I'm sure the Bear and Ragged staff will put something together at some points in the near future but I mean, that is essentially it in terms of the main content for tonight's episode. But uh, yeah, the final question for today's podcast, I suppose, just to to wrap things up. In terms of her game two, for the listeners out there, so for people who want to get involved with the campaign, want to follow it, want to become an advocate or an ambassador, how can they go about doing so? What are the links and the social media websites that we should be aware of, per se? Yeah, so we have... um started with twitter twitter's our kind of our main one so you can follow the main account which is just her game it's hgt cricket um and that is kind of where we're going to post in our main um campaign announcements and general stuff and then each of our ambassadors for the different counties that we've gotten so far which can all be linked kind of through our main twitter um so you can follow them more directly if you want to see what's going on in that county uh, per se. And then um, we do have a website as well, which kind of covers all of the sports, which is just www.hergame2.com. So you can go to that and that'll then kind of give you a link. Um, and then you can click on the specific sport that you want and then you're directed to kind of that one. It's dead, you know, it's nice and easy. You can also access all of our merchandise through that because um a lot of what we do kind of haven't touched on is that we, we we've created merchandise and you know we're working with distributors to raise money to pump into grassroots cricket to help women and girls get through that way so you know if a partner club needs a, a hand you know getting certain equipment and things we can use the money that's raised through our merchandise to then help subsidize that so we've started kind of generating a part um, we've got some wonderful merch like badges, flags, mugs, you know, all sorts now, you know, we're really hoping to kind of generate that big pot and kind of pump into grassroots. So it can all be linked um, through there. You can also just um, email us at hergame2cricket at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to get involved in the campaign personally, not just follow it, you can um, email us and we'll get back to you and, you know, just kind of give us a bit of information about yourself um, and kind of, obviously, we've got different roles. So we've got ambassadors who are more county-based and um, will be kind of a middleman between the campaign and the county itself, you know, so if there's any issues that kind of crop up or any kind of initiatives you want to start, the ambassadors will kind of be the link through. Um, and then there's advocates who kind of it's kind of in the name, you know, they're kind of championing um, our message and, and themselves within um, cricket. So you can just reach out to us. Everyone on the team is absolutely lovely. Um, if I do say so myself. And um, so you can just reach out to us and then we can direct you in the way that you need to go or help you out with that. As I say, you know, we've, we've only really started in kind of, the end of May, start of June, um, with our partnership with Gloucestershire and uh, Western Storm. You know, so we've only just started. We've got a small team, but hopefully that builds soon. But that's pretty much where you can access us. Wonderful. 
Well, listeners, if you want to go and check out the Her Game 2 campaign, maybe get involved as well with this wonderful movement, please feel free to go and check out those links, the websites, and of course the email using the links in the podcast description below. We'll leave the links to all of those down there at the bottom of the podcast. So please feel free to go and check those out in due course. But Paige, Ellie, that brings us to an end to what has been a very interesting episode of the Counter Cricket Podcast. We've had the season review, we've had the main content about her game too, and we've even ended with a little bit of Rose's rivalry. You can't really ask for much more, to be honest, from a from an episode of the Counter Cricket Podcast. Maybe not enough Warwickshire bias. Might have to just chuck in a little bit towards the end of the recording. But other than that, it's been an absolute pleasure. Paige, thanks again for coming on. Surprised you're not bored with me just yet, but hey, always welcome back here on the Counter Cricket Podcast. And Ellie, a wonderful debut as well. Always welcome back here at TCCP in the near future. But that is it from us through here at the Counter Cricket Podcast for today's episode. To each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.